What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. John Walker's shield replacer, considering he will need thousands since he's just throwing around a piece of scrap metal. And I'm Keith Baker, a.k.a. Zemo's soulmate, and I just don't care what he's saying. And I'm Austin Terry, a.k.a. a useless Torres who only exists to go, wow! He literally, I think, did that in the pilot episode, and that's it, and Austin won't let it go. But I love his commitment. Uh, We hope you've all been having a great week, as well as a week full of great content consumption. I think the new episode of Invincible, guys, I keep talking about it, but it may have been the best yet. I was blown away by it, even though most episodes have blown me away, so who knows what that means. I also watched the new Mortal Kombat movie in preparation for our upcoming episode, but what about you guys? Have you been watching anything new or good or interesting? Yeah, Matt, I just finished up the new episode of Invincible, and they are just so damn good with cliffhangers in that show. Um, Additionally, I also started watching The Mayor of Easttown, which is a new HBO detective show starring Kate Winslet. Uh, The mystery is pretty interesting, and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Well, shit. I don't think I'm watching anything new right now. How about this, Keith? What what do you wish you could start? You know, one movie I do want to watch, though? Nobody. With Bob Odenkirk. Oh, I want to watch that, too. Me, too. I'm a big Bob Odenkirk fan from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, I feel like that'd probably be a pretty decent movie to watch, so I'm probably going to check it out soon. Yeah, I really want to watch that. It's getting good reviews, too. Yeah, maybe we'll do a bonus episode at some point. Who knows? Who knows, everybody? But yeah, good stuff. So along with that, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of course, has been part of our weekly TV. If you didn't know, we did do an entire TV review series on WandaVision before this. So if you love that and didn't check out our thoughts on it, head on over to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a review, and scroll on up to our WandaVision episodes. You can give that a listen if you haven't already. If this is your first episode of The Arnie's, welcome. We're super happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday, and last week was a big one. We brought back our bracket-style format in order to break down what is the best, best picture winner of all time. So, Austin, what was it like to watch all these award-winning and legendary movies, and did you enjoy pitting them against each other? Well, first of all, as for what was it like, it was time-consuming. Because <laughs> what did we learn? We learned that to win Best Picture, you needed to be at least two and a half hours at a minimum but maybe over three hours. It was a blast to watch all these films. They're all Best Picture winners, so of course, there's no bad watches here. And as for pitting them together, I think our final showdown turned out differently than all three of us were expecting. Mm-hmm. I think we certainly had a surprising result, but also when you think about it, was there really any other movie that could have won? So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, be sure to go back and check it out to decide the best, Best Picture. Definitely agree with you. Definitely agree. That was a good one for sure. As for this coming Tuesday, though, we are continuing our MCU Phase 1 Retrospective and Review series with Captain America, the first Avenger. Keith, did you enjoy revisiting that one, and was there anything you enjoyed about our recording in particular? Yeah, it was fun to revisit Steve Rogers' origin story, and, you know, it definitely pertains to this episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, because we get some old Bucky in there, or I should say young Bucky Mm. in there. We kind of get to see some of his origins, too. It was a fun movie overall. I think the action is good. The story is overall good. There's some nitpicky things here and there that we didn't really enjoy, but uh, you know, you'll have to go listen to that to really find those out. For sure. I thought it was a pleasant surprise. So definitely check that one out when it drops. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Also, though, we do want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com and let us know how you're feeling about all these episodes we've been putting out. And now, guys, I can't believe it, but it's already time to talk about the season slash 
maybe series finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? We don't fully know if there'll be a season two since these were initially pitched as limited series, so I guess we'll wait and see. But regardless, what a ride it has been. Definitely some ups and downs, and I know we were cautiously optimistic about this episode since the MCU does admittedly have tons of Act 3 issues. And with WandaVision, their first show, we all thought it was really great until that finale, which was just okay. Pretty good, but nothing spectacular. So does this one share the same issue? Well, we're going to break that down. Austin and Keith, one last time, remind everybody of your thoughts on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far, and then please follow it up with your non-spoiler thoughts on Episode 6, our finale. I think so far, all of us have been overwhelmingly positive on the show. I think really the only episode that we felt kind of may have been an outlier was Episode 3. In the following episodes, we kind of got back on track. As for the finale, I know going into it, we are all wondering, like, there's a lot of plot threads here. How are we going to wrap this stuff up? And I think they took a big swing at it. I don't know if they exactly knocked it out of the park. I think they do definitely wrap things up, but I think things wrap up almost a little too neatly and a little too conveniently. Um, and then there was also a big reveal that really didn't work for me. So overall, I think a good finale, not a great finale. But looking at the show as a whole, it's just been such a fun ride. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a fun ride for sure. And, you know, to really summarize, I think my thoughts and I think uh, a little bit of y'all's thoughts too. The first two episodes were very fun. Third episode, we were a little all down on. Uh, fourth episode definitely brought it back up. You know, I wasn't there last episode. I wasn't with the last review. So I'll just go ahead and say last episode was a little bit more down for me in some ways. The character development as far as uh, Sam and his family and all that was fine. And the comedic stuff in it was fine for me. I just thought there, you know, since there's only six episodes in this entire series, I thought there would be a little bit more content, I guess, in the fifth episode. I mean, I say I'm down on it. I still enjoyed it. Uh, we just didn't get as much action and development as, as much as I thought we would in the fifth one. And then as far as bringing us into the finale, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was a good finale. And overall, I think the series has been fun and I'm excited to dive in deep with you guys. Yeah, I think the series, the best thing I can say about it is overall, and including my thoughts on the finale, it has hit a very strong balance between fun and enjoyable, which we get with most of our MCU stuff, and also more serious and kind of in-depth and reflecting on world issues than I ever thought we would get. So I really like how they've struck that balance, and I think when it comes to how they, like Austin said, wrapped it up, it's definitely some elements are a bit too tied up in a nice bow. That being said, I still like the way the bow looks, if that makes sense. It's like, I didn't love some of the elements of how we got here, but how they ended, I actually kind of liked most of it in a weird way. And that's not something I usually say. I usually don't like um, the lead up and then maybe it'll be the opposite, I guess is what I'm saying. So this was kind of a weird one. That being said, though, the finale, like he has said, gave us tons of action, which I thought was badass, super fun. I liked how they wrapped up Sam and Bucky's storyline. Shout out to WandaVision, because we talked about this in the finale, which was not a great episode. But the best thing about it was how they wrapped up the main stuff, which was Wanda and Vision. Here, I think undoubtedly the best stuff was how they wrapped up Sam and Bucky. The other stuff they introduced... Yeah, I, like I said, I agree with Austin. It's a bit too nice at times. Um, but, you know, that that said, as a full package, I really enjoyed it. And the finale, I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Yeah, I think my biggest issue is that the way they wrap things up, our only remaining plot thread is the least interesting one, from my point of view. I think all the interesting stuff got wrapped up too quickly. And then we're just kind of left with 
oh no, where do we go from here? But it doesn't seem like it's going to be a major plot in any future MCU things, but it's still like the last remaining thread that we still need to find out more about. Yeah, I I, I think I know what you're referring to. Uh, of course, we can't talk about that till we get to spoilers. So I think this is probably a good time to just jump into it, Austin. Should we do our official spoiler warning right now? This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, first of all, what are you doing? Why would you click on this episode? <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, give us a pause right here. Uh, go check it out and then come on back to hear our thoughts. All right, guys. So one last time, we got to run through our Falcon and Winter Soldier cast and crew. This is, of course, season one, episode six. Our title is One World, One People. Keith, you're going to take me through. Oh, wait. No, you can't. Because, guys, guess what? This show is now called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That ending intro into the credits was a fist pump moment for sure. I love that they did it. I didn't expect they would. Anyway, Keith, take us through the casting crew of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. On that note, too, another nice touch is, I don't know if you guys watch this with subtitles on, but the subtitles for Sam's character now just says Captain America instead of Sam Ooh, or Falcon. Good call. Good call. That's pretty badass. Nice. Season 1, Episode 6, One World, One People. Created by Malcolm Spellman, directed by Carrie Skogland. It's written by Malcolm Spellman and Joseph Sawyer. Going into our cast, we got Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan returning as Captain America and the Winter Soldier. This week, they are joined by Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter, which we now know as the Power Broker. We do. Ugh. <laughs> threw up in my mouth a little bit. I, I really want to break that down, Austin. I do. Wyatt Russell as John Walker, or U.S. Agent. Aaron Kellyman as Carly Morgenthau. Carl Lumbly as Isaiah Bradley. Adipero Udier as Sarah Wilson. Danny Ramirez as Joaquin Torres. Joseph St. Pierre as Batrock. With Daniel Brühl coming back as Baron Zemo. And Julia Louise Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. So, all right, guys. Any highlights, any negatives as far as the cast and crew goes? Yeah, I kind of teased it in my like reaction there, but I, I don't have an issue with the performance. It's My biggest issue is just the execution of the Power Broker reveal in this episode. Yeah, it wasn't good. As for a highlight, though, I mean, who else could it be other than Keats co-star Wyatt Russell? He gets some redemption this episode. I love everything we got from him. He's done such a good job this whole season. His acting has made me hate the character. Not an issue with him as a performance, just the way he's played the character has been so fantastic. And uh, it was kind of fun to see him step into a new role in the MCU. 100% agree. I think a lot of these actors are already established in the MCU, so we can't really call them breakout stars. And I know Wyatt Russell has been in a lot of stuff that we've talked about with Everybody Wants Some, of course, um, 22 Jump Street the Black Mirror episode, all that good stuff. But I, despite all that, I really do think this is kind of his breakout role. He is just so fantastic in this show. Um, it's really hard to play kind of like a character that's breaking or insane. And just watching even just his little like facial twitches and stuff, it's like, he's just so good. But of course, he, maybe he's our breakout star, but we got to talk about it. I mean, Anthony Mackie, watching him transition just so seamlessly into this new role is he's just so good. He has such a fun presence, but he can also be equally commanding, which is 
pretty important for Captain America. So it was awesome to see. Sebastian Stan's always great. And before we toss over to Keith, I mean, Isaiah Bradley, Carl Lumbly, I talk about him every week. So good. So glad we got more of him. He's just spectacular. What about you, Keith? Any highlights? I mean, you guys pretty much hit it. Yeah, I'll just say, I'll second that. Yeah, with Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan are awesome as usual. Yeah, and like you said, they command such a big presence. And as far as Carl Lumbly, yeah, I mean, there were some times in this episode where I kind of got a little teary-eyed whenever he was hugging Sam. It was, it was some really good acting in that scene. And as far as my, my co-star, Wyatt Russell... <laughs> Yeah, I'll uh I'll second that. It's really weird to think it, whenever I met Wyatt back in whatever year that was, 2013-2014, it's really weird to think that that dude is now this this character. Like when I talked to him, he had like long long hair and a long beard. He just kind of looked like a hippie dude, and then now he's playing this super in-depth character. It's hard to believe, but I shouldn't say that. He's I mean, he's a good actor. Keith, I got to know though, whenever you guys were running lines preparing for your <laughs> scenes together, did you ever get the sense that he would be kind of did, did you get some MCU vibes from him? Did you ever see like, yeah, this guy's going to be a big star in the MCU one day? No. <laughs> I got I got on <laughs> I got I got on set. He was the first person I saw. I said, "Hey, what's up?" He's like, "Hey." I was like, "Where do the extras go?" And he's like, "Oh, they're over that way." And he's like, "Are you from here?" I was like, I was like, no, but I've go to school here. He's like, where's some good spots to like hang out? And I told him, and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and, then, and then I left. <laughs> I never thought this guy wow. would be Captain America or Captain America one day. <laughs> I never thought the guy That's that wanted crazy. to know where cool places were in San Marcos to hang out, which is a fucking <laughs> onomatopoeia already. <laughs> like, there's none. But it's like, I'm Captain America. Who would have thought? So fun. So fun. I feel like um, all of us are, are kind of bad at this. I know we do lay out the casting crew every week, but we always forget to shout it out. So I do want to make sure I do it for the finale, at least. Shout out to Malcolm Spellman for creating this show. He was also kind of the like executive producer and the writer behind it. So such a big force. I just really love the dialogue and like the story they took here. Of course, I have some issues, but overall, when it comes to Sam and Bucky, knocked it out of the park. And then Kari Skoglin, who directed every episode. I love the way the show looks. So I do want to shout out both of them as well. I think they did a great job overall. Yeah, you can really tell that this is a crew that fully understands these characters and how to use them. 100%. All right. Summary time. Plot summary time. All right. So, of course, wearing his new Captain America uniform and flight suit from the Wakandans, Sam Wilson flies to New York to stop the Flag Smashers attack with the help of Bucky Barnes, Sharon Carter, and John Walker. Carter accidentally reveals that she is the power broker to George Baftrock and kills him, while Wilson attempts to reason with Morgenthau one final time before Sharon Carter kills her as well. Sam Wilson convinces the GRC to postpone the forced relocation of displaced people that Morgenthau died fighting for and instead make efforts to help them. The remaining Searman-hanced flag smashers are caught by Barnes and Walker and sent to the Raft prison, but they are blown up by Zemo's butler and route. Defontaine gives Walker a new uniform and codename, U.S. Agent. Bucky Barnes makes amends with everyone he hurt or enabled as the Winter Soldier because of Sam Wilson's wise words for him last episode. Then Sam has a memorial dedicated to Isaiah Bradley added to the Captain America Museum exhibit. And of course, it's Marvel, so there's a mid credit scene. We get to see, after receiving a full pardon, Sharon Carter rejoins the CIA, but this time, she intends to use this access to sell government secrets and weapon prototypes. Wow. So interested in that storyline. Can't Not. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard, I will say, well, I didn't love the power broker stuff, which we'll get into. I have heard some interesting bits and pieces of actually how that could play out in some cool ways in the future, which 
I will say, despite not liking this episode, I heard those and I was like, oh, okay. I think I might know where they're going. Give me your top one. The best one is that Sharon Carter will be the main villain in the Disney Plus series Armor Wars. When she talks about weapon prototypes, she says that she's done with the super soldier serum which means she's going to start selling the Stark tech owned by the government. And we know that the main star of Armor Wars was our main guy in the first episode of Don this show. Cheadle. Don Cheadle is Rhodey, who the whole premise of the show is Tony Stark's weapons are used for the wrong reasons, and he has to put a stop to it. Who's our big bad? Sharon Carter, the one selling them. And I was like, Sam Wilson pops in that show, too. I could be down for that. Okay. I'm Okay. That sounds cool. I'll, get, I'll take some Don Cheadle action. Any day of the week. Any day. All right, guys, and with that, it's time to get into our roundtable discussion. It's the finale, so we have tons of good stuff to talk about here and wrap up. Let's start with the big one. The Captain America reveal at the start of this episode was just pitch perfect for me. The suit, shield, and wing combo I thought was just fantastic. I love seeing Sam use that momentum that we love so much in episode one, and it's just so badass watching that shield and the wings work in tandem. I loved it. What did you all think of these reveals and the whole Captain America action scenes in general? Yeah, the suit looks sweet. Um, it, it, I love how he bursts through a window and that's the first time you see him kind of standing full on in the suit. Um, I think the smartest thing they did here with this action is they got Sam back in the air. Uh, that helicopter chase scene was so, yeah. so cool. And the way he's bouncing the shield off a of red wing through the chopper, taking different guys out, saving them, covering himself with the, with the wings and the shield to prevent a falling helicopter from crushing him. Mm-hmm. Everything they did with the choreography of using him in the air with the shield was so sweet this week. It's like the the combination of the Captain America uh, suit and the Falcon wings and jetpack makes it even better. Like, it's like, I don't know. More practical, so cool. for sure. And even later on when Carly's punching him and he puts the shield up, but then uses the wings to stabilize himself so he can brace her punches. Mm-hmm. So oh, smart, yeah. so simple. Something I didn't even think of, but it's like, of course, of course he'd be able to do that. Like, it's just so smart and so cool. It's always the little things with his stuff that's always so cool. Yeah, and we all we have to keep in mind, I mean, these are just little things that also add to why Sam, not only is he a black man that has this mantle, but he's a black man doing all this stuff without the super soldier serum. And so he has like these little elements that kind of give him an edge. Like you talk about, he has these thrusters that can really help him out. And he has the vibranium wings now from the Wakandans that can stabilize himself and give him the extra edge. I mean, it was awesome. And like Austin said, I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of like this uh, action throughout the series, because really it was primarily episode one and six with the whole in the air stuff. But at least we got what we got because it was awesome to watch. And just practically, it's probably just expensive, like more expensive to film that stuff. So I'm sure they're saving a lot of the big, huge um, air focused set pieces, maybe for the the future MCU movies. For sure. That makes sense. And kind of just along the same lines of uh, Sam having his big reveal, what I'm about to say is definitely not on par. And Honestly, I don't even know if this was the first time they've done it, but regardless, I got to say it was the first scene of the show and it gave me some chills. I loved when, I guess since Bucky has his pardon now, I guess I don't know how most people treat him, but in this episode, we watch him walk past some soldiers and they refer to him as Sergeant Barnes, which I thought was super fun, super cool. And maybe it was kind of just an extra enjoyment thing because we literally just watched and talked about Captain America, the first Avenger for our podcast, where he was Sergeant Barnes. So it's just so cool seeing now that he's kind of back in the real world. He can kind of go about his life and he's been pardoned. Like, that's how they refer to him. I just thought that was pretty sweet. It's simple things like that, how they just tie it back to previous MCU projects that make this entire MCU universe feel so lived in. 
Uh, on that note about dialogue, though, did any of this this dialogue throughout the action seem super cheesy to you guys? Um, I, I've kind of call, called out a few of my highlights, but I thought I'd get the band back together. Yeah. Bucky, come on, you had one job. Mercury Vapor! It's like, okay, this is like super campy and not something I expect 10 years into the MCU now. So just right off the top, before I even react to those, when I first watched it, I didn't even really pick up on it. But Austin, when Keith and I watched this just a little bit ago, we were laughing pretty hard at that opening scene wherever Bucky just walks through and then it's like, hey, are you are you supposed to be here? And then he turns around and then it's also it's from uh, Winter Soldier, the whole like Black Widow effect where like they pull off the mask, which was awesome. But then why did the director or writer have to say, OK, Sharon, make sure you say it's me. She pulls up the second it's off. She goes, it's me. It's like, we fucking know. And so does Bucky. He knows who you are. It's also like, hey, Sharon, episode three, you told us how dangerous it is for you to leave Manjapur. Why are you here? What? How is this not immediately like raise some alarms? Like, it's weird that she decided to show up for this. And then she's like, well, you guys needed me. Hey, Sharon, we probably need to do an endgame. Why did you not leave Manjapur for that? This is not as big an issue as that. She couldn't be that close to Steve at the time. It was still a sore subject. Um, and <laughs> yeah, as for the other lines you mentioned, Austin... I think this show has done a pretty good job throughout of keeping that kind of light tone and certainly the banter between Sam and Bucky. So I was fine with it. I like, especially with like Sharon Carter going, come on, Bucky, you had one job. I was like, okay, so that worked for me. Some of them were a bit goofy, but it's still the Marvel effect. I mean, whenever um, Sam comes out of the water and he's like, well, you've earned this ass whooping. It's like, that wouldn't be in most movies, but I like it here. It's fun, but it, it is goofy. I agree. I mean, are you saying that you didn't like it? It's not that I didn't like it. It's just the action that we're getting is so cool and so sweet. I just wish the the banter and interplay supported it. Yeah. To me, it just kind of took me out of it when I'm like, well, that sounded dumb. Like, I wish they had better lines to throw out that just kind of kept me in the action as opposed to taking me out of it. I get that. I get that. Okay. So let's talk about John Walker. I really enjoyed that he gets some redemption this episode, which is not the route I expected them to go here. I thought it was so smart that they set up the choice he has between finishing his fight with Carly or saving the hostages. And then I also really liked him kind of briefly being a part of the crew with Bucky and Sam. What were you guys expecting from his character this week? And how do you guys feel about how things played out? As far as things I was expecting, I was expecting him to be turning into a bad guy. I thought that was like the direction they were taking. And I'm glad that they didn't go that way. I really enjoyed that they turned him around and kind of made him who he is, which he is a good guy. We know he is a good guy because, I mean, he was a Medal of Honor soldier. But he just let the power of the super serum kind of take over his head and the uh, pressure of being Captain America definitely overwhelmed him. Yeah. So that's really what got to him. But other than that, I think he's a good person. I'm glad they were able to redeem him. I totally agree. And I think everything you just said, Keith, combined with the fact that like he takes the serum and presumably hours maybe even if that later his best friend in the entire world is killed in front of him. Like, all that combined, it totally messed with him, and he made a big mistake by killing that person, and I think his punishment was deserved in the sense that we're going to take away Captain America when it comes to the whole, like, dishonorable discharge and, like, we're taking away the benefits and the rank, all that, up for debate. But I like the fact that he it's not like, well, we're putting you in jail. It's like, well, you fucking told me to, like, take these people out. So I liked it was consistent, and the fact that he can kind of come into play in this episode made sense. He had his own shield. Austin and I, Keith, we talked about in the last episode, we weren't really, after that badass fight between Sam and Bucky versus John Walker last episode, we were like, 
Well, it's going to be kind of lame if he just comes back in the finale to what? Fight the both of them again the exact same way? That won't be good. So I like that he had that singular focus of he's just after Morgenthau. And I like that that just happened to kind of make him uh, coincide and interact with the story that was already going on with Sam and Bucky. I thought it was perfect. And the, yeah, like Austin said, the choice he was given... Pretty understandable, kind of typical. I was expecting it, but I loved how they executed it. I loved watching his makeshift shield fall, and he's just grabbing on to save the truck full of people. He made a mistake, but I like that he's kind of given this choice to not be a full villain, and it seems like with the whole uh, Fontaine connection at the end, he's going to kind of move on to be more of an anti-hero, doing like covert ops, darker missions, that kind of thing. And I think that's where this character kind of resides. Not a full-on hero, not a full-on villain. So I like where he ended up, for sure. He almost seems so much more relaxed to be relieved of the Captain America mantle. Like, you can tell he's pumped that to still have his job back in a way. It's so cheesy, and I know I just kind of got on this show for cheesy dialogue, but I do like after he gets the soup and she deems him U.S. agent, how he's like, yeah, we're back, baby. Like, that did really work for me. I like that, too. I thought it was a pretty fun fun delivery. It was also consistent with who he was at the beginning of the show. So I like that once his head has kind of gotten clear of like the initial super soldier injection and he's starting to cope with Lamar's death. And at the very least, he knows maybe in a messed up way, it's like Morgenthau, the person did it, is dead. I'm not saying that's a justice in the eyes of other people, but for him, it's like that person's dead. Maybe now I can try and move on and cope. So it kind of makes sense that he would, in a sense, revert back to a little bit of who he was. And he has this kind of new mission and goal. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I thought this was surprising in a good way. Totally worked for me and made sense with the character trajectory so far. I also really like that he's not even remotely upset that Sam is now taking up the Captain America mantle and the shield. Um, I, I like that he's there for Sam's speech. And I really like, too, how the camera pans to him. And you can see he's kind of accepting it and realizing, OK, like this is the right guy for the job. For sure. It was simple, but it worked. Watching him watch the speech, and again, shout out to Wyatt Russell, has no lines of dialogue, but just watching his eyes move, his face move around, and you can just tell he's like, he gets it, and he agrees with it. And then just the little nod that he and Sam have. Pretty simple, pretty stereotypical, pretty what we expect from these types of things, but totally worked. Uh, okay, so that John Walker talk obviously takes us in to Power Broker talk, and man, did they shit the bed here. Uh, for something that was teased every episode, this seems like the most pointless and underwhelming reveal ever. Matt, you yourself predicted this the second Sharon first appears on the show. Uh, Sharon, of course, is revealed to be the power broker. This really did leave a bad taste in my mouth and felt like a waste of time. I was still left not fully understanding how Sharon, one, came to be the power broker, and two, what her motivations are. So once again, what were you guys expecting here, and how did the reveal play for you? Honestly, I don't know what I was expecting. We've talked a lot about it. Like Austin said, once they introduced Sharon, it was like, just based on her location and popping up and being involved with the story, it seems like she's the power broker. I guess the entire way I was trying to fight that because it just seems so easy. So it was like, maybe it's General Ross since he has connections to the super soldier serum. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's, um, last episode we talked about, maybe it's, um, freaking Fontaine. Maybe that's the power broker trying to recruit Walker to take out the super soldiers. Um, so I didn't know. And so whenever it happens here, yes, it's predictable, but as we've talked about, I don't have problems with predictability as long as it's executed well. And Austin just knocked out of the park. Keith and I also just talked about this after watching it. I'm totally down with Sharon Carter kind of breaking bad a little bit and being the power broker. 
Sounds really awesome. Keep in mind, she wasn't blipped. So at this point in the timeline, she's been on the run for eight years. That's a lot of time for things to change. The problem is, this show didn't address any of that. They waited until the last minute to basically say that she was the power broker. She's in one scene, and then Sam just kind of stumbles into it and misses the conversation. And then she's just in the mid-credits, where she's like, I'm going to sell government secrets. We got absolutely zero reason why this happened, and that was a bit of a shame. And so that was why I didn't like it. I like Sharon being that character, but the execution was really bad. It was expected that she might be a possibility of a person that would be the power broker. Um, but yeah, there's just no explanation, which is I would like to get. I was hoping it would be somebody different. Not that it would, I have a problem with it being her, but I thought it'd been, it would have been kind of cool if it would have been someone... We've seen in the past MCU, like I think we mentioned General Ross at one point, or somebody somebody like that. Um, I think that would have been kind of a cool reveal. Yeah, and I've made fun of Matt for seemingly jumping at any opportunity to mention General Ross <laughs> on this show, but the more I think about it, and I always have really liked the idea of General Ross being the power broker. Um, I don't know if it's something that we can complain about, no, but the re- no. reveal itself is just not very exciting. Exactly. It doesn't make the show worse that it wasn't somebody else. The reason that yeah. I look down on it is because the execution just wasn't good. It's just two really quick scenes, and that's it. I think we were all hoping it would be somebody cool, but we were all predicting that it would be Sharon. It was just too convenient for her to pop up right when they needed her in Madripoor. She could have been anywhere in the world, yeah. so it, it just felt a little bit too obvious, I think. It also doesn't really make sense why, if she's the power broker, why is she hiring George Batrock to kill Sam twice and then fight against him later? Why is she seemingly filling in people on where this, um, she's, she told Sam and Bucky where the doctor was making the super soldier serum. She takes them there, fights off guards trying to kill them. And then it turns out she was the power broker the whole time, the one that was giving Carly and everybody the serum in the first place. It's like, she's like constantly working against herself based on this reveal. So it's just confusing. <laughs> it really, it really seems like they wrapped shooting on this show. We're going through like post editing and stuff. And we're like, Oh fuck. We teased the power broker. And we never did. We never figured out who that was. We, we gotta, we gotta do something really quick. And then they called uh, Emily Van Camp back and we're like, Hey, we need you to do one research really quick. We just needed to say I'm the power broker. And then we got it. We nailed it. I liked Emily Van Camp in the show, but yeah. So Sharon's reveal of being the power broker does also coincide with Carly Morgenthau's death. Uh, how do you guys feel about that and Carly's conclusion in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Carly's death, I think it was necessary. No matter what her motives were, whether they were some of them were good or bad, she did murder some people. So justifiably, I think it was right for her to die at the end. Yeah, it tied into the show too. I think even somebody like Zemo, who is like hard to kind of like trust or whatever, but talking about her being radicalized beyond the point of return. And it was screwed up and sad, but just watching her, even in the finale, keep pushing forward despite Sam and Bucky trying to get her to stop. It's like, I'm not saying she deserved to die. I'm just saying in the context of a movie or show like this, this is just what happens to characters like this. It's just, that's their only way out by the end. They have to die. So by the time it happened, I wasn't surprised. Um, But again, while I didn't fully understand the Flag Smashers and Carly's motivations along the way, and I'm not talking about their initial motivation, like Austin and I have talked about, I loved the Robin Hood aspect of they loved the way the world was during the blip. And now that people are back in the GRC is screwing up the borders and placing people, they're like, well, we need to save people. We need to bring them resources. I love that. That was fantastic. It just got so muddled along the way with all these 
random murders that didn't seem necessary, and even the other Flag Smashers didn't seem to agree, but then they just kept going along with Carly. So it got a bit confusing. That being said, whenever she does die, I do like how Sam was the one there holding her because it tied back to their conversation where he was like, I love your fight, but I can't stand the way you're fighting it. And I liked how it seemed like at the end she didn't even want to do it. She was going through the motions and trying to make it happen. She didn't want to kill anybody, but it happened and she apologized for it. And I thought it was an effective death. It almost seems like Bucky got through to her more than she was expecting him to definitely. with the brief conversation they had. I think she was great acting wise in that scene when it came to reacting because it definitely seemed like it got through to her a little bit. That's a good point, Matthew, what you just said. She never really, really wanted to do it. That's what it felt like to me this, in this entire series. I always felt like she was always hesitant about everything. Like she never was really all in. It seems like at one point in time, she really believed in this mission, but now things have gotten so crazy and out of control. She's kind of just doing everything she can to stay alive at this point is kind of what it seems like. But she still has to keep all these people around her kind of bought in. So she gives all these speeches, but it never feels like she's 100% into it anymore. There are rumors. I don't know if you guys have heard this in the last couple of weeks. It has come out that apparently a big part of the Flag Smasher plot originally pre-COVID, because I mean, this show was shooting a long time ago, but it got delayed for so long. But apparently the original plot involved them trying to deliver a vaccine based on some maybe virus that was happening in the camps. And the team at Marvel felt like that's just a little too close to home right now with everything going on. So we're going to cut out that subplot. And it does seem like at times, us and I, we've talked about it. Keith, you've been on the episodes when they first introduced it. It does seem like there are elements that were left on the cutting room floor when it came to their motivation and everything that was going on behind the scenes. So if that is the case, I would not be surprised. It does lead, I will say, again, it's, it's, my, it's like my example at the beginning. I didn't love the Flag Smashers along the way, but I liked Carly in this last episode and the fight and the apology. And then I loved how Sam took kind of Carly's fight and that mentality into this grand speech he gives. I mean, what did you guys think of Sam's big kind of first... I guess almost you could say public appearance or speech as Captain America, because I thought it was super effective. I loved it. I thought he really knocked it out of the park with this speech. Um, it was really smart to show that he is on this world stage and like all the news broadcasters are kind of picking him up too. It's a really cool way to introduce the new Captain America to the world with the speech. And I, I really like that the main point he was trying to make is, hey, if you're going to make all these decisions, the people who are impacted by these decisions need to have a seat at the table. You need to be hearing from them. You need to be hearing how you're going to hurt them if you go through with some of your plans. And I like that he actually got through to this council. And then later it was revealed that because of his speech, they actually reversed course and tried to do things differently. Yeah. I just like that he was calling out the uh, politicians. Be better. Do better. Yeah. And and I liked how they were actually kind of listening to him, too. Like, they weren't just, like, putting him down. They were actually kind of like, okay, this guy's actually calling us out. No one really has done this before. <laughs> and it's on live TV, so we really can't escape. Yeah. I also, it, it did give me kind of echoes of Black Panther in a weird way that I wasn't expecting. Because my favorite part about that movie was the whole relationship between T'Challa and Eric Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan. Because even though he is technically the villain, his cause and his fight is so... um understandable and you're rooting for him. It's just, he kind of goes about it sometimes in the wrong way by killing people and hurting people. But then after he dies at the end of the movie, what happens T'Challa and the Wakandans are like, he was right. We should kind of make ourselves known to the world. We should help people that look like us have a bigger seat at the table, have them live a less impoverished lifestyle, give them more resources. That's what we should do. And this kind of reminded me of that because Sam was like, this 
misguided teenager died, but so many people believed in her, they were willing to defy you. You do not want to see the 2.0, as he put it, of that, because it's going to be way worse. And I was, I was, it gave me chills whenever he equated Thanos and Carly Morgenthau, and it actually worked. He was like, you as this government have the same power as an insane god and a misguided teenager. What are you going to do with it? And it was like, wow, that was pretty effective. And then like you guys said, at the end, they actually corrected it. So it, it was really impressive. Since this is the last episode, I think we should talk about how we think it compares to the uh, predecessor WandaVision. I mean, I'll start us off. Um, and I'm going to start us off and, you know, from what I didn't like, because there's more of what I liked from this series than what I didn't like. But I'll start us off from what I didn't like. And I think we should have gotten a little bit more from Bucky. I, I feel like, you know, while I loved all the content we got with Sam and I wouldn't change a thing about it, I think they kind of left us hanging with Bucky a little bit, which kind of defeats half the title of the show, The Winter Soldier. We got a little bit more from Bucky in the beginning of the series, but we kind of, it kind of started like falling off towards the end. We never really get any like satisfying action with Bucky too much. We get a little bit, we get action. We don't really get any like action with him actually like just beating the shit out of people yeah. from, what, from what you would expect with all of the, with all the abilities you know he has and his past experience from like 80 years of fighting. He's been, this guy's been around for a long time. Did this bother you guys at all? Or am I just kind of being nitpicky here? It didn't bother me. I actually, I really liked what we got from him in this show. And I like how we start off with this grieving guy who has to learn how to come to terms with all the stuff he did, all the people he hurt, um, and, and kind of has to find the strength to atone for his actions as the Winter Soldier by the time we conclude. As for your comment about the action, Keith, I don't know if it makes sense to see Bucky Barnes kind of going all out and trying to hurt people because he doesn't want to be that guy anymore. He wants to just kind of live his life and only use his powers when, when it's necessary. That's a fair point. I think um, just to go off that, it is interesting. I'm, obviously, the show is more focused on Sam's kind of accepting the mantle and reclaiming the mantle of Captain America. So I get that Bucky has to be kind of the side character, even though he is also a titular character. I just think they did a really great job of explaining the actual reasoning and backstory and giving examples of his past trauma and giving us modern day examples of how he's dealing with it. I thought that was great. And then in the last episode, I really thought they did a good job of wrapping up kind of his whole thing, which is like, no, Bucky, you are avenging. You need to be making amends. That's how you're going to get better. And I like that aspect. And I think another reason why it might seem like Bucky seems a bit lesser than is because a lot of his history, like he says, ties into the shield, which in this show ties into Sam. So it's like a lot of Bucky's stuff does kind of blend with Sam's like uh, taking the mantle, whereas Sam also has this whole element of taking up this mantle in the midst of a society where half of the people probably will resent him just for the way he looks. So maybe that's why it didn't seem as um, interesting at times. When it comes to the action, I do agree with Keith. I think I would have liked a little bit more interesting choreography with the Winter Soldier we do get highlights, there's no doubt. Watching him ride full speed on a motorcycle, like pull up the front wheel, hit the barrier, and just flying punch a guy with his arm was badass. But that's kind of the best you ever get with him. I get it, though. At the, at the same time, Sam has fucking vibranium wings and a vibranium Captain America shield. So it's like, it's tough to compete, but 
At the same time, I agree. His, his choreography is a little bit lame by comparison. I do agree with you guys that he could have cooler things to do in the action. I just think it would be weird if he was going all out and being as brutal as he was when he was the Winter Soldier. Because the way the show set it up, that would have been weird because he doesn't want to kill or hurt people anymore. So I get that for sure. Yeah, before we compare it to WandaVision, yeah, I will agree with you, Austin. Yeah, he is he is like 105 years old So yeah. in, in his head. So he has been around for a long, and his body's only like 40 something years old, but his head, he's been around for like a hundred something, over a hundred years. So he's probably just tired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's probably just, just mentally like freaking tired. So yeah, he's probably at this point, he's just like, I'm just going to help out in whatever way I can. So yeah, he, I guess he doesn't need to be the badass Bucky Barnes, a good Bucky Barnes that we see in previous movies. And he definitely doesn't need to be the murderous winter soldier that we need that we've seen before. So yeah, I'm with you on that point for sure. I'm really glad you pointed out that he just seems tired, Keith, because I've always had a hard time putting my finger on what it is I love about Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. And I, I think he just like unveiled it for me. It's the fact that the way he plays him, he looks just exhausted with everything he has to do. And that's probably what it is because he's seen all of this shit before and he keeps having to relive it. He's always fighting. This guy fought in World War II. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was something interesting to watch play out. I think my my easy point is just that when it came to the choreography and action that we see lots of great stuff with Sam, they didn't really match it with Bucky. But I did think both of each of their individual kind of... Uh, character and story arcs was really great watching Bucky end this episode finally taking Sam's advice and going to tell what really happened to his friend in New York was super emotional and even though it didn't end with them like I forgive you which would have been stupid I like that it was you could see in his eyes watching him after telling him that in that restaurant with the person that he had met they're both going to be able to move on now even though it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard and that's the point so i do think they both ended in such a great place even just watching him play around with sam's uh nephews at the end is like he's he's better off so the character stuff was good and i i did see online some people complaining like i love how at the end of the episode it says the captain america and the winter soldier because it's like not the falcon anymore but some people were like it's weird that it says the winter soldier um because he's not that but in a weird way, I was kind of like Sam had to fight this entire time to move forward, if that makes sense, from the Falcon to Captain America, whereas this entire show, Bucky has had to work to accept that he was even the Winter Soldier. By the end of his whole tenure in this franchise, will he still be the Winter Soldier? I don't know. But he's finally accepted that he was that and there was pain involved and he can move on. So I thought it made sense and it was effective overall well can i run by my idea for a new title card please for you do, guys please since do. people don't want winter soldier included how about um captain america and buck dynasty Ooh, buck dynasty is <laughs> pretty good that's good i like it dynasty of course playing on the fact that he's now living in louisiana and he's been around for 100 <laughs> years so he is a dynasty in his own right i love it I know I know. this is a long point, but just to go back, just out of interest, I thought it was a good point to bring up. When it came to comparing to WandaVision, I'm going to keep it real short here. WandaVision overall, I thought was better, but the finale was worse. This show, I thought overall wasn't as good, but the finale was better. WandaVision, I think, had a more interesting mystery that failed in its conclusion. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, had better character moments. I really liked the wrap up at the end of the episode, just to be honest. I mean, we got to see Sam going to talk with Isaiah one last time. 
Bucky admitting to his friend Nakajima that he killed his son as a winter soldier so we can move on, like we mentioned. Of course, the unveiling of the Bradley statue was a fantastic scene, and just seeing everybody come together again for one last party in New Orleans was super sweet as well. We already mentioned it, but I can't get enough of it, so the fact that they fade to black at the end and reveal the new title of Captain America and the Winter Soldier was just such a hype moment. What did you guys all think of these ending scenes in general? Yeah, I really enjoyed the conclusion with Isaiah. Um, I was kind of worried last week we weren't going to get any closure with this character. Like, I was worried we were just kind of kind of going to be left with like an angry, resentful old man, which would have been totally justified for that character. But I'm glad that we got to come back and kind of see him in a way give his blessing for Sam taking up the Captain America mantle. And then also uh, Sam kind of repaying him and, and making sure people know uh, what he did in Korea and how he served his country. Uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't leave him a bitter old man. I think I would have been, I think I would probably would have been dissatisfied. Yeah, I'm glad that they brought him back and gave him that closure and like I told you earlier it was like it was a really satisfying scene to whenever Sam brings him to the uh like the memorial stuff and he has a statue of him there and uh it still sucks that he was in prison for 30 years I don't know how they can really redeem that that really sucks yeah they're gonna have to do a lot more than a statue yeah I was kind of like shit (laughs) it would be kind of cool if they would have maybe addressed it a little bit more but it's cool from what we got yeah that's kind of what you just touched on there Keith it's kind of like why this partially didn't work for me. It just doesn't seem like an exhibit at the Smithsonian is enough for what this character went through. It seems like he also needs like some acknowledgement from the government about what they did to him. Like he, it, there needs to be more. Like there, there needs to be justice for him being put into prison for 30 years and, and tested on and taken away from his family. I agree. You guys are right. But you got to keep in mind, last episode, he told Sam straight up that, no, leave me dead. That's what I want. So... Sam basically gave him the most that he could while still giving Isaiah what he wants when it comes to living his life. So he gets to still live with his grandson and keep going, but he does get some acknowledgement. Um, I agree with you guys, obviously. I mean, what this doesn't even scratch the surface when it comes to making things right. But I did like that it made sense when it came to what Isaiah said. Like, no, I don't want to tell my story. Just leave me be dead. So that made sense. And it, it was effective enough. Kind of cool that it's part of the Steve Rogers exhibit, too, because he essentially was the Captain America figure in Korea. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. And I'm I'm always a sucker for just, like, cheesy ending scenes, like seeing this, like, quick little party sequence. I love seeing Bucky, um, like, wearing his, um, just, like, a short sleeve shirt for once, and he just has the arm out, like, no worries, just, like, the kids are just (laughs) hanging off of it, and he's just chatting with everybody, seeing him and Sam just, like, hug it out and just... They're they're just good friends now. They they did a, such a good job building that up over the show and perfect little cap off. How do you guys feel about the way they wrap things up with the remaining flag smashers? I kind of thought when they said we're sending them to the raft that we are going to be setting up something a little bigger since Zemo is kept there, and then Zemo just kind of blows them up. So how do you guys feel about Zemo that? Zemo had the last laugh, as Fontaine said. He got what he wanted to do from the raft. He had his butler, I guess, put a car bomb on it. And just watching uh, Daniel Brühl in that quick little scene just smile as he hears it over the radio. He got to destroy the remaining super soldier serum and he got to take out some of them in the process, which is what he wanted. So once again, just like in fucking Captain America Civil War, he may have been the villain, but he accomplished his goal. He separated the Avengers and here he killed a lot of super soldiers. So and he got rid of the serum. It'll never never happen again. So once again, Zemo kind of in a weird way comes out on top and I don't know how he does it. You think we're going to see any more uh, resulting conflict between Zemo and John Walker since he is a super soldier? 
Yeah, man. I'm I'm hoping to see John Walker more. I think he's a cool character now now that he's the US agent, whatever that means. Some undercover super soldier kind of guy. Maybe he will be able to do the the dirty work behind the scenes and yeah, I'd be done to see that. I think and I think White Russell could play a good part. Keith, you're laughing at the US agent name. Would you prefer if he went by the original name from the nineties? What's the original name? Super Patriot. Is that true? I don't like either of those names really. <laughs> oh no. Why don't they just like name him like Agent Walker would be would be acceptable? Keith, your options are US Agent or Super Patriot. Pick one now, please. US Agent. Super Patriot sounds really dumb. This doesn't usually happen, but it's time to break some news right here, live on the show. I checked Twitter uh literally while I went to the bathroom during this recording. They announced just now, basically, that Malcolm Spellman, the guy that created this show and was kind of behind it, is currently working with Marvel on Captain America 4, starring Anthony Mackie as Captain America. So they are moving forward, it seems like, with a movie that might continue some of these elements. So how does that kind of sit for you? That's awesome. That's going to be so cool to see Anthony Mackie on official movie posters with Captain America underneath him. That's great news. I'm happy Malcolm Spellman's involved. He clearly knows how to use this character perfectly. So all around, 10 out of 10 news for me. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. I think that'd be badass. Let's see what happens. Also kind of begs the question of, is that where we see John Walker next? Is that where we see Sharon Carter next? Is that where we see Zemo next? Is that where we see Bucky next? No idea, but we'll see. Maybe we'll get a second season of this show as well. In addition to the movie, maybe we'll see these characters pop up elsewhere. Genuinely no idea, but all I know is I want to see more of them because this show is a blast. And there we go. That's kind of it. Well, my friends, this is kind of our our last bonus series for a few weeks. Uh, we'll be, of course, be back to the bonus series format when Loki premieres in six weeks. But before we get out of here today, we do, of course, need to do the Arnie's Podcast Awards for Captain America and the Winter Soldier. If you haven't been listening to our main episodes, this is a segment where we give an award for anything in the series. Keith always starts us off. Keith, what is your award? I'll say the most improved co-star award goes to Wyatt Russell, my co-star, and everybody wants some. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm happy for Wyatt Russell. I'm glad you guys still have a great relationship from your time together on Everybody (laughs) Wants Some. And for myself today, I'm going to give an award that I think is really the only logical award I can give. And it's uh, the character I never want to see again. And it's Joaquin Torres. Get him out of my life. Never give him another minute of screen time. (laughs) Don't ever bring him back. I don't know if there is a character recently that has grinded my gears quite like this Joaquin Torres <laughs> character does. I just cannot Freaking stand him. <laughs> All right. My award is going to be for the most natural 10 out of 10 gymnastics performance. It's going to Sam Wilson, Captain America, watching him fight Carly Morgenthau, but instead of fight her, just doing backhand springs, aerials, backflips. I was like, Hell yeah, dude. He really put in that work in episode five. He's flipping all over the place. Yeah, you know what? He could have used his wings. He could have flown around, but he's like, you know what? Watch me. I'll just flip around. We are going to have to kind of work up his brand exposure as the new Captain America. Maybe they put him on the U.S. Olympics gymnastic team. I think he'd kill it. I think he'd kill it. All right, guys. Like Austin set it up, we did do our awards since this is the last episode of this bonus series. Since it is the last episode as well, it also means we're bringing back what we usually do for our main retrospective and review series, which is our rankings. So all we're going to do, we only have two, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
Which is number one, which is number two. I'll start us off. I kind of mentioned it earlier. I think WandaVision was more consistently good throughout. Yes, the finale was not great. I'm going to put that at number one. Falcon and Winter Soldier is a close number two. I thought there was just too many ups and downs throughout, but the finale definitely stuck the landing. I will go the opposite. I will go Falcon and Winter Soldier number one, WandaVision number two. I think WandaVision really tapered off in its second half, and Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of maintained its momentum for the majority of the show. I will go... WandaVision over Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I think Matthew probably explained it the best. Just I think it was just more consistent for me throughout. I was I just felt my, myself more excited for each, each episode to come out every week more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. There was no episodes of uh, Wanda that was really down for me too much. Uh, Falcon had some episodes that were more up than Wanda's was, but they also had some episodes that were very down for me that I didn't enjoy. So uh, I think... Wanda was more consistent, and I think it'll take it overall. And for our secondary rankings, who's a better actor, Wyatt Russell or Keith Baker? For me, it's Wyatt Russell and then Keith Baker. For me, Keith Baker. Wyatt Russell. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Well, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and the series, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that so we can continue to grow this show. And hey, go ahead and leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, um, a starred review on Apple Podcasts really does help. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for more of the MCU. Our retrospective and review series on Phase 1 continues, and this time we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. That's right. Very apt. We're talking about the Falcon the Winter Soldier's finale, so why not stay tuned to see where it all began with Captain America, the first Avenger. We're also talking about the new Mortal Kombat really soon. Like Austin mentioned, Loki will be our next bonus series, so that drops June 11th, so stay tuned for that. Because our thoughts on that one, based on those trailers, are going to be pretty interesting. And also, in the meantime, let us know. Is there anything else coming out that you'd like us to talk about while we're waiting for that to start? Keep us updated. Check us out on Instagram, at The Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and upcoming episodes. Please go back and catch up on our MCU Phase 1 series. So go back and watch Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, and... Yeah, look forward to Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Avengers will be coming after that shortly. Please plug in your Segas and plug in the cartridge for Mortal Kombat and catch up, man. I'm excited for the movie Mortal Kombat. It's going to be fun. Uh, One other thing to mention is that we recently did our best picture bracket. Please go back and listen to that and let us know what you think should have made the top. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. I love Joaquin Torres. (laughs) 